This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to an edition of iFanboy Explode with Brian Wood, writer of DMZ, Northlanders, Local, and more.
Hey, welcome to another edition of iFanboy Talk Explode. My name is Ron, and earlier this week, Josh uh, and I had the opportunity to sit down with writer Brian Wood, uh, whose works include uh, DMZ and Northlanders from Vertigo, as well as the recently collected Local from Oni Press, uh, the upcoming collection of Demo from Vertigo, as well as uh, the New York Four, a book from the Minx line at, at a DC Comics. Uh, Brian is a really interesting writer with a good combination combination of politics and relationships and things like that. Uh, we had a great time talking to him, so uh, let's dive right in. So we're here with Brian Wood, uh, writer and, and graphic novelist, uh, currently with Vertigo and DC Comics. How are you doing, Brian? I'm good, thanks. Excellent. Um, so thanks for taking time to talk to us. And actually, we, we've been talking about um, uh, uh, interviewing you for, you know, for this podcast for a couple of weeks now, but I wanted to wait until after the election. Uh, okay. <laughs> because I know that uh, uh, you're kind of into politics, and, and if, if things didn't go the way that, that we might have wanted it, I, I figured it would have been a, a different conversation. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess so. I guess I guess I'm a little bit into politics, yeah. just, just a touch. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so, so your current book that's published by Vertigo, um, DMZ, is is pretty much. I mean, when I, when we describe it to people, it's it's kind of like a alternate universe politics book. Um, but why don't, why don't, I'd like to hear you describe it. Like, how do you describe it to people when you tell people what DMZ is about? Oh, there's uh, several levels of, of that. <laughs> Usually I gauge, like, if someone's just asking me just out of idle curiosity, like, you know, in-laws or something, you know, like, oh, what's your book, book about? And the uh, short answer to, to that, the one I give to those people, is um, it's a, uh, takes place in a second American Civil War where man, man, Manhattan is, is a no-man's land. It's a demilitarized zone. And there's a reporter that's strand, stranded and lost and kind of wandering the, the, the streets, kind of like the, um, the only eye and ears in this like, closed-down closed city for, for everybody else. That's, uh, that's the, the generic version of that. I mean, obviously, it's so much more than, more than that. And like you said, it's a heavily political book. Um, uh, it's not a satire. I see it often described as that. It's more more of an al- allegory for uh, like this current war, these current two wars um, that we're act- actually in. Um, it actually, I've been borrowing a lot, like probably in the last year or so, from n- news reports I read about the the. I mean, I can't even call it a democracy in good. Good faith, but like the strug- struggling government in in Iraq, yeah. and like the force is being exerted upon it from from all all sides, um, which is kind of like I mean I don't always come out and say it because I don't like to hold the reader's hands because I feel like it's pretty open to to different interpretations interpretations, but that's like the the government in DM, DMZ now this Parco Delgado yeah. government is very much modeled after. Um, if not exactly the Mal- Maliki government, then like a government in that kind of a situation. Yeah, you know, I just yeah. use, use them as like a template. Um, Par- Parco is obviously meant to meant to suggest other other types. Um, not Obama, though. <laughs> I think that's an assumption a lot of pe- people make, and I really have no idea why, except that they're both both black. Other than that, 
Yeah, well, there, I mean, it there was, really it was, is nothing else there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was interesting to see that you know here in an election year in in our country, and and to see that in DMZ, kind of mirroring what's happening in the events in, uh, of our country, that there was an election for you know the the government of the DMZ, and so I guess I could see where people would see you know because you're kind of rooting for Delgado, and I guess there are many people rooting for Obama, um, but I, I don't see any similarities between the two characters at all. There's such a, there's such an <laughs> obvious, or at least to to me, an obvious like dark sheen to to. Parko, yeah. you know, yeah, totally. Which um, um, just isn't there in in Obama. I mean, I don't know. He's got like, I mean, everybody around him like carries a gun. Yeah. <laughs> a gun. You know, it's like it's obvious that something you know, like the other shoe is going to drop. I mean, that's right. not a spoiler. It's like, I mean, I would hope that's like obvious to everybody. Right. I mean, it's sort of like. Like I mean, Maddie's following him in such like a like a loyal way, like a blinding, you know, blind to everything else. Right. And you know, I don't know, I don't know. There's definitely another shoe that's going to get a drop. I really don't don't think it's going to drop the way everybody thinks. So. When when you're setting up a story like that, where you're basically you're showing one character and then you're trying to, uh, I guess, intimate what's going to happen with them in the future. Like, how do you gauge? how specific to be do you ever do something and think oh this is way too obvious everyone will get it and then no one does um yeah i've, I've definitely made that well <laughs> no i've definitely been too obvious in the bad bad way <laughs> before <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the past um i guess i mean there's no like secret to it i think i just try not to i don't know i think if there's any like quote trick that i have it's that i try to um like a lot of my characters I write don't do things or don't act the way a lot of people think they should. Like like Megan and Local is a great example of that. Like she's constantly making mistakes, and a lot of comic book book readers can't can't get a get a grasp on that. You know, mm-hmm. um, she's often like I mean I see like really horror, horrible things written written about her in reviews. You know because mm-hmm. she makes like mistakes, and I don't know if we're we're trained. To look for like an idealized way of people acting in a comic, you know? I don't really know. Well I, I, well, I think part of it is that when you're reading these characters, you're like, like you said, you're rooting for somebody, and and right. you're hoping that the best thing happens to them. But when they're flawed and they make mistakes, that's well, okay. yeah. I'm I'm obviously definitely not afraid to to make my characters look look bad or to do bad things or to or to fuck up, you know. Um, I mean that's not like like a, a rule that I like consciously apply. I mean I think that's kind of like how I approach mm-hmm. writing, you know, like a sub- subconscious level level. But I guess um, when I'm writing a story, like um, I mean DMZ is such a, a pessimistic story. It's a story. It's such a cynical take on on everything. Um, it's like a worst case scenario. Um, of course, there's going to be another shoe that's going to going to drop. You know, <laughs> I just try to, you know, like I guess you know, I always make an effort not to make it too too obvious for uh, for everybody. You know, well, it, how or when? You know, yeah. well, it's. I mean, it's. I mean, we're into like what? What we're into year two or three of DMZ at this point. We're into. Uh, yeah, we're yeah. into. I think just year year three. Right. I think uh, Ricardo's drawing. You know, he's actually done just issue thirty six. Right. Yeah. And and it's been I think it's been interesting because I mean it's it's a it's a you know fascinating concept of the civil war in America and New York kind of being the battleground and that sort of thing. But in those three years, like you've crammed a lot 
of story into into those three years. I mean, that there's been a lot of stuff yeah. has happened, and a lot of stuff uh, like Maddie Roth, the, the the main character, the the reporter, has you know gone from being a um, uh, you know kind of you know kind of fresh set of eyes in this in this military area to actively being involved in the political movement. Um, uh, how, you know, was that, how much of that journey has been, was plotted out versus just kind of reacting to the, the Um, the real world events? Well, when I was, when I was pitching this book, I was asked by the uh, powers that, that be at DC to kind of, you know, plot out in, in, you know, not super specific terms, but to plot out the first three three years of the, of the book. Like, they definitely wanted to know, in a general sense, where, where the story was uh, was going. And so that's kind of what I, what, I, what I did, you know, and I had never written anything that, that long, right. you know. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll do this, and I'll do this, and this will happen. And of course, like, once I began to write it, you know, like, I think by the time, <laughs> by the time I hit, like, issue five, I was, like, pretty way off. <laughs> way off my uh, plan, which is normal. I mean, my editor tells me, you know, he always like says, "Oh, you should look look at the proposal for for a hundred bullets, you know, <laughs> and see how how it's how it's uh, changed." You know, and I'm like, okay, you know, mail 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 to me, but he never will. Um, I mean, I've heard that before. I mean, yeah. so I think it's a natural thing that, so especially when you're t- talking about years and years, yeah. that mm-hmm. you know, other ideas are going to occur to you as you go. Your writing is going to su- suggest things, you know, which you might not have thought of. You know, I mean, certain things have happened, like that. That, um, like, I always knew I was going to get to do an election story. And I feel like it's like this unwritten rule of the u- universe, where if you have a, a story about a reporter, there has to be an election in there <laughs> some, <laughs> somewhere. So I knew I was going to do. It was definitely like I knew. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, I timed timed it obviously to happen in this in this year. Right. Um, you know, I've like put put storylines on 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 hold because I've read something in the news. You know that like inspires inspires me. Um, that volume four, that friendly fire yeah. story arc, um, was like a last minute. Like I mean, just a totally last minute change. Because um, I saw some news news story about it, and like the whole arc kind of like formed itself in my in my head. So I called up my. <clears throat> I called my editor and I'm like, yeah, let's just wait on what I was about to write, you know, yeah. and do this and this instead. Um, yeah. Do you find it with a, a giant story like this? Um, I mean, it, it almost feels like since there's always an option for you to go a different direction like that, do you feel like there's all of this stuff that you haven't gotten to yet? Like you could just keep writing this for indefinitely? I, I think I, I could. Um, Around the time I was approaching this three three year mark, like maybe four or five months ago, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to be like, I mean, I always kind of had an idea that the book would be sort of a typical vertigo length of like sixty or seventy issues long. Um, so I'm like, all right, I'm I'm almost halfway through. I'm I'm going to sit down and figure out everything that's that's going to happen, you know, um, in broad broad strokes. And so like I wrote that, so I definitely know how this series ends. And I know, like, the major steps to get there. Um, That's always I'm the, going to try to, like, stay on target. I mean, I, of course, there's, like, plenty of, of ideas I could come up with to keep, keep it going longer. I'm a little bit w- wary about overstaying my welcome or also, like, having, like, one thing be such, like, a dominant part of my life for, for too long. I feel like, the, I feel like I'd want to do other, other books, too, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely gonna gonna end end it likely around issue seven, seventy or so. 
Um, we've talked a bit about doing like you know spinoff books. Not not so much a spinoff book like um, like like the way you think of it, like a sitcom or anything. But just sort of like, <laughs> like, like you remember Frasier. how remember remember how a preacher had those like special issues once in a while. Yeah. yeah. Yep. yep. That, you know something like that that would run parallel. Parallel to the to the book, yeah. That could sort of, I could sort of like get off of Maddie for like a sec, so that I could get off this main story storyline. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I mean, time is a fact factor, of course. I mean, I have the, I have the, the ideas for. It. I just don't have to have the time time to write them yet. Mm. So I think they'll be. I think I'll be able to like explore other other stories that way. Well, and in, and in the con- in the concept of exploring stories, I mean, you, I mean, setting the the book on Manhattan is lim- geographically limiting, in yeah. terms of you know, it's I mean, it's a, the biggest city in the world, but it's not a big area. Um, yeah. But there, you keep introducing these pockets of resistance, or pockets of of, of followers, or pockets of you know, kind of, of people where they've settled in the city, and and you know, part you know, you, you it's no you know. No surprise that you're a fan of New York. I mean, you live in New York City, and and you have a lot of pride for your home. But it's interesting to see how that geography plays into the types of people and where they settle. And that's been a big thing for me, at least. Um, but at some point, are you going to run out of neighborhoods? Or are you going to run out of no. you know, groups? <laughs> I don't think I actually ever ever will. Yeah. I have this like, I mean, every time I talk to some somebody like at a convention or something like that, they're always like, "Hey, but what's happening in this this?" Yeah. You know, neighborhood. What's happened over here? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't gone, gone, gone to that yet. Um, so I feel like there's like plenty of room. Um, you know, there's plenty of room for for me to me to write. I do get a lot of re- requests, even from my artist Rick Ricardo, mm. to sort of like see what's happening in like other parts of the country. Right. And I really, I mean, I mean. Preemptively saying that to any anybody that listening that might want to ask ask me that is I I just don't think I'll ever do it because I don't think that it'll I think it kind of un, undercuts the the concept of of the book yeah. and I also don't think I could credibly write uh, the the requisite amount of detail about some other place I don't think I know any place as right. well as I know New York. And and the um, whole and the whole point of the book is the DMZ, which is New York. So I could see. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I can definitely see like there's like huge like un- unanswered questions. Yeah. yeah like, you know, it's it's an American war. It's an American civil war. But you know, so what's happening everywhere where else? Right. And that, it's just like I feel like that's opening Pan- Pandora's box, and no one is gonna like what they answer. <laughs> 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 it's, it's, it's like, and what am I gonna do? Write like DMZ San Francisco. <laughs> or something like I couldn't do do it, yeah. and it would just feel like like hollow and lame. You yeah. know? Yeah. So um, it's, there's something to be said for the idea that like when I'm I'm reading the book, I can think, there, you know, there are clues in the book as to what's going on in the rest of the world. And there's something kind of nice about, you know, for me, I have an idea about what's going on in the rest of it. And it's almost like whatever I'm thinking is better than you know anything you could specifically s- spell out. You know, well, that's part of what I mean when I said no one is going to like what the what the answer is. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? um, yeah, I think it's, uh, I mean, I can't, like, I wouldn't be able to, like I said, I wouldn't be able to write it as well as, as, as yeah. I'm now, so I'm not going to, I'm not even going to take take the risk. Yeah. So, <laughs> do you, you know New York really, really well. I mean, how do, you, how do you know the city so well? Do you do you spend a lot of time going around to different parts of it? Um, I don't so much anymore. I'm pretty pretty lame. <laughs> I, well, I, really, I really am. I really am. I, uh, <laughs> um, my wife and I bought a, bought a place 
in a relatively out of the way and quiet residential part of Brooklyn. And I have a kid now, and I kind of just like stay around around here. You nice. know, like there's like front front yards where I where I live and stuff. You know. <laughs> um, uh, well, that, I mean, that's what most people in New York do. So that's why it's interesting to me that you know so much. Well, like about, most people, yes. like they at least leave their house and get on the subway and go to work or something. <laughs> you know, they're like out there. I barely even do 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 I, that these days. <laughs> um, I've been I've been in New York since '92, and I went to college here. I was a bike messenger for a couple oh, of years. Wow, which which is where the cur- the cur- couriers came from, obviously, right. and. Um, you know that was so sort of like I mean if I thought I knew the city before that you know I, yeah. re- I really did after um, and that's kind of been it I mean and we've been here like quite quite a long time um, that's that's kind of where it comes from this is hardly the the first book that I've written set in in New York right. I've definitely like honed my skills, <laughs> but um, it, but it's interesting to see how you know, like that, like I said, the the city becomes a character, and and even I mean, like the most current issues that um, that are out right now. Um, I mean, you go branching out to Staten Island and things like that. It's it's really yeah. kind of you know, it's a universe within the universe. I think, which is um, you know, which which is I think an asset to the book as opposed to just not just the characters but the backdrop and and wanting to know what's going on at Madison Square Garden or in the Upper West Side or things like right. that and waiting to get. There, you know. I really wish I had more space. I wish the, like a monthly book was like forty pages, pages long, because okay. I feel like I'm not doing enough enough of that. Like as this like, as like the main story kind of like grows, right. um, like this Parco thing is going to play play out all the way until the end of the book. You know, yeah. um, I feel like I have less and less space to just kind of like take a reader some somewhere. You right. know. And like show them, show them something. I feel like I, I, that's that's harder and harder and harder to do. Um, so I mean, that's also part of the reason why we're talking about that that spinoff, right. you know, idea. Um, like just like get get away from this like you know story storyline and just like you know take. To, you know, do like a story in the Bronx, you know, just to show yeah. what the Bronx is like. Yeah, well, nobody, nobody wants to see what's going on in the Bronx. So you're, you're okay there. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh, people live in the Bronx. It's okay. Awesome. We yeah. like you. Yeah. It's, it's okay to say that about Staten Island, but right, not the yeah. Bronx. <laughs> Listen, um, do you find that people have different reactions to the book depending on sort of where they're coming from? Um. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think, think of a good example. I mean, because I mean, I I live in New York City. I work in the media. There's no, there's no, there's no question where I'm coming from politically. So I see the book in a certain way. But I wonder if you know, depending, you know, like if you get different sorts of reactions to it. Yeah, like yeah, I definitely do. I mean, I think, I mean, people definitely bring, like I said, bring their own, their own like ideas and. Mm-hmm. You know, some people also bring a lot of assumptions, you know, and prejudices to the book. Um, early on, like before the book was was out, I forget it was forget if it was me or my editor made some like I mean we definitely made made a mistake in talking about about the book and we used the the term uh, red states and blue states as if that was like what the war was. And uh, I mean, when when it was said, we definitely meant it like ge- geographically, you yeah. know. Not like not like a political party break breakdown, but sort sort of like Middle America, right? And like the coastal cities or something like that. Um, but it was like very very poorly said, and that 
that really had a life on its own early on. And I think, like, for the first year of the book, I was, like, constantly seeing it was, like, oh, this, like, liberal propaganda or, like, uh, you know, lefties wet wet dream or, right. like, this, like, part, partisan thing. And, you know, and, like, I've, you know, definitely been guilty guilty of that, you know. Well, well that's... You know, in, in, in the past, so I got, I got a lot of attacks for that. Right. And I've, I really made an effort from, like, day one. It was, like, the stated goal of the, of the book to try to be, like, as balanced as I possibly could. I'm not saying I could do it perfectly, you know, because yeah. I'm coming coming to this with, with my own things. But there's always this thing I was like, I think I actually had had it written on a post-it note on my monitor, monitor you know, yeah. to try to re- remind myself just to, you know to like show both sides as equally good or as equally bad and i mean i think for the for the, the most part i've done done that um people still like to you know you know read like my personal blog blog posts and then right. they you know and then like apply apply that to like what the char- characters are doing yeah, um, yeah. I mean, because that, that that was one thing I was curious about is that where does where do where as a writer too, where does your personal politics end and the story begin? You know, because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people quite often with writers, you know, assign, you know, like, oh, well, he's just, you know, pushing his agenda, pushing what he thinks. But I've talked to writers who, like you said, try to write for both sides, or as an exercise, try to write for what they don't believe in, or stuff like that. How much do you wrestle with that? I mean, I mean, constantly. I mean, like. I mean, every month the the book comes out, and uh, there'll be some like blog blog post about about this. Um, I mean, I think that everybody should just assume, like, make a blanket assumption that that, um, that no one is bringing their personal agenda to the to their books. Right. Like, start start off from like that that position. Right. And then if someone obviously is, then you can like take it on like a case case by case basis. But I think right. a lot of people assume that that's just kind of what what we all we all do, or we do most of the time. Right. Um, it's it. I mean, my my per my personal politics are no secret to anybody who who reads my blog. You know, who knows me. Um, I I have a really hard time understanding how someone makes a leap from that. Right. To looking at obviously a variety of fictional characters in a fic- fictional book with with their own lives, right. and assuming that it's all it's all the same. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I keep coming back to him like it's it's fic it's fi- fiction. Like I'm not Maddie. I'm obviously not not him. You know, <laughs> I'm not Z. I'm not like any. I'm not like Pella in Soup Supermarket. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I I, I do. I, I'm really out at a loss about it. Well, I, th- I think and it's a, I think it's a natural it's thing. yeah it's a natural yeah. thing for people who when they're reading stuff uh, when they're reading books uh, that are that are that aren't brainless not to say that superhero books are brainless or anything but things that with real kind of issues and thought to want to latch on to the person creating those thoughts and either agree or disagree and like you said it's right. fiction and sometimes people lose sight of that. Well, I think it, it's uh, it's obvious that the DM, DMZ exists as a book because of my personal politics, right. you know? Um, but then to take that to go, well, all the characters in, in the book, you know, also are speaking in my voice, I think is where the, where that, that, that belief fails them, right. you know? Because <laughs> well, you're, you're sure as hell not writing in the voice. You're, you're not r- pushing your personal politics through like the army guys. You know the the, the other side of the fence. You know like the the obvious like no. the, the villains or whatever they might be. You know. Right. So. Right. I mean, yeah. Maddie's also kind of like. I mean, early on, he definitely. Um, 
I mean, he's definitely not an, an, a politically enlightened, very liberal guy. I mean, he's kind of like a closed-minded asshole. Right. Um, <laughs> he comes from, like, some place, I mean, his, like, family, or his father, father at least, is extremely right, right-wing. Yeah. And it's not like Maddie was a left a lefty as a re- as like a rebellion against that. He just kind of was like nothing. You know, it's kind mm-hmm. of like I always kind of had this this picture in my mind of before the war, Maddie would just be sitting on his parents' couch playing X X Xbox. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, and you know, eating pizza, just like a like a like a slacker, like a schlub. You know, not particularly yeah. you know, any uh, anything one one way 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 or the other. Right. Um, I don't think at any point in this book he's, he's ever been anything anybody would consider a liberal. Yeah. And, um, and I don't even think the events of the book are generally liberally charged. I mean, like like Josh said, I mean, you know, I'm from New York and live in San Francisco and work in yeah. the media, so it's obvious where I lean. But but I but reading it, it's not like I read it. I'm like, yes, this is the this is the Bible of my time, and this is saying right, everything I believe know. in. You know, yeah, like it's yeah. a story. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, there's some. Uh, there's a thing that happened with this when when I wrapped up this recent election arc, and like you know, um, whatever I almost spo- spoiled something for the for the trade trade leaders, but I mean it was called like oh it's like a you know, you know Brian's like liberal pro- propaganda with the outcome of the of the election, and I'm like. <laughs> just like it's like full of, like the the people running for office are like shoot, shoot shooting everybody. They're carrying guns everywhere. They're so obviously not good people. Like I, I don't know, whatever. I could go go on and on for an hour about yeah. this. It's obviously like this constant source of annoyance. Um, right. I, it, it really makes me feel like no nobody actually reads anything. That's <laughs> my pessimistic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, take take on it. You've, you've got your pessimism back because I'd been noticing on Twitter that you had I did a day get or it, two. Get it back, yeah. I did. I did. Was was there uh, a moment? Was there a story? Something you saw that just said, "Oh yeah, it's still fucked up." <laughs> um, I actually like sat sat down last night and watched an hour of cable news while I folded laundry. Oh no! And um, like I always wonder, like after you know, after Obama wins, what's going to happen to like these millions of like talking heads on TV news? Yes. Like, what are they going to talk about? Like, I mean, are they all going to be out of, out of a job? Like, all all, all these shows. Like, yeah. I, turn, I turn on MSNBC and it's like, oh, it's like you know, Chris Chris Wallace for an hour or whatever. Not 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 Chris Chris Wallace. Chris Matthews. Chris Matthews. Yeah, Chris Matthews. Oh, then there's an hour hour of Keith Overman. Another is an hour of Rachel Maddow, who's a DMZ fan, by the by the way. Oh, cool. um, and then there's like an hour of this, and I'm like, is there still still going to be like this back back to back news shows now that they don't have as much stuff to talk talk about? I don't know. So I, I mean, I wasn't watching NBC, but I was watching other news, and I was just like, like it, it annoyed me even more because they're they still have have to fill all this time, and they're actually talking about nothing now. You know? Yeah. This like empty, annoying, like chatter uh, that really, really has always like like hit a hit a button for me. So I uh, actually got in a really, really bad bad mood last night while I was folding laundry. So now I feel like I'm back. You know, I felt like like any good goodwill from last week has like been a wash, wash. And, and now the work can continue. So yeah, <laughs> beautiful. I didn't even think about like leading up to the to to the election. I had I didn't even think about how I might feel differently about my book, you know, yeah. until it was over with. And then like the next morning, I woke up and I'm like, ah, 
is my is my book op- obsolete now? Is anybody gonna 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 care? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I I mean honestly I I mean and like Josh said, reading your twitters and reading the book and then the, the election like the Tuesday night of the election, I was like I, I was I was very nervous because you know you know you you wanted to go a certain way and uh, a lot of people like my mother was a volunteer for Obama and things like that, so it's you know yeah. wanted to go for a certain way. But I did have the thought I'm like, geez, if the if 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 McCain wins, I wonder what Brian Wood's reaction is going to be. Like, <laughs> well, if McCain wins, at least I feel like you know I got plenty of material. For it. <laughs> nice. So wait, wait but on the other hand, I mean, obviously I didn't want him to win. But on the other hand, it's not like Obama's going to be like, like I mean, he's like I mean, he's still. Kind of, kind of a hawk. I mean, I hate to say it because everybody gets mad at me when it, when I do. But I mean, he's like, he's like wants more more war in Afghanistan. You know? Yeah. So I just don't really see. I mean, from like the the war point point of view, I really don't see how anything is gonna 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 change in a big way for for a while anyway. Yeah. So, no, nothing's actually been fixed yet. Take on it. Yeah. No, nothing. Yeah. Nothing's changed yet. Yeah. I mean, we still, yeah. we gotta get to January first, right? So. Oh, jeez. But, well, it's um, not like he's going to flip a switch and everything's fine. So yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure these. there'll be plenty in the news for me to fuel fuel <laughs> storylines. So so um, so speaking of war and 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 to kind of segue here, uh, your other Vertigo book, uh, Northlanders, um, yep. which came out uh, just about a year ago now, isn't it? The first yep. trade just yep. came out. Um, uh, so I'll be honest, when I heard the pitch for Northlanders, it threw me for a loop. <laughs> Yeah, you, you and everybody else. So I heard that Brian Wood was writing a book about Vikings that yeah. took place in like the year 1000, and I just like scratched my head and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so how has the reaction to, uh, to Northlanders been so far? Um, overall, it's been very, very good. I think, uh, I mean, a lot of like the, the real test uh, doesn't happen until, until the first trade. Right. That trade's been out a couple of weeks or three weeks. So, uh, um, yeah, I'm still I'm still hearing about it, about it. Um, it was really, I was, I have to say when when it, when I announced it, everybody was like really into it. I think I mean everybody was like, wow, that's that's really out of left left, left field, but they were still pretty into it. Um, when the first few issues issues actually came out, sorry. <laughs> um, Everybody's like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> like, these, I, like, I had people saying, "These, these aren't Vikings." Like, somebody actually said, he, "He's not a Viking. Where's his beard?" Yeah. You know, and I was like, <laughs> "Like, I guess I don't think I had the uh, as a sense of like the the you know." Like the preconceived notions there, of what Vikings are. There's the a Viking stereotype there. with the with the with the helmet with the with the horns and the beard. Yeah, there and was the, someone yeah. was like like you know some actually like you know seemed to think that. The Vikings were 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 like pi- pi- pirates or yeah. something, where they were always on on a boat. Yep. And he's like, I don't understand how this book is a Viking book because they're they're not on a boat. Like someone actually said that, you know. Oh, and I was God. like, wow. <laughs> so I'm just like, whatever, you know. It's too too late now. I've written like 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 nine uh, scripts, you know. I'll just like wait and see how uh, how it goes. <laughs> they're and not I getting on a boat until point. at least twelve. <laughs> <laughs> there was death, definitely a point. I think it was like issue five. It was like a big flashback scene yeah. where I feel like that that I mean I I, I called that that book um, like the uh, the cornerstone in the in my story arc. You know, okay. that was kind of like like the pin that was going to like make the whole thing make sense, and I think it did. And at that mm-hmm. point, there was definitely like I could see a, like a reaction, yeah. like a change in the reaction. Well, um, well I thought it was really. So once everybody got got used to how how it looked. Yeah. 
got they get used to the to the language. Um, uh, they sort of get used. Okay, it's not going to be that Frank Frazetta book from Image. You know? Right. Not gonna gonna be Matt Fraction store. It's not gonna be Conan. It's not gonna be any, you know. It's like it's, it's its own thing. Well, that, yeah, that was that was the one thing that that really that struck me was that you made a decision with the with the use of language and the use of, of in the script too. I mean, they they curse, they say fuck, they say shit, and like and it was and it was very it was written in a it almost feels like written in a modern tongue. Yeah, and I kind of don't really know how I would have done it other otherwise. Um, this is not something else I find myself defending a lot. Um, in interviews and, and, and on panels, yeah. um, I don't really know what my what my other option was, and I mean that honestly. I mean, I mean, I know that like other Viking books are written other other ways. Um, I just don't really see how that that was was possible or even made made, made sense. You never thought about doing the whole book in Thor speak or a lot of verities. Well, that's, and that's Thor. <laughs> I mean, that, that really is Thor, it's and true. it's not it's not anything. Vikings else. didn't I mean, actually talk like that. <laughs> okay. They didn't even speak speak English. I mean, that's kind of like yeah. where it all boils down <laughs> to. Vikings yeah. don't say say fuck. Well, well, of course not. They also didn't say house or boat yeah. or. Sword, you know they they said them. They said whatever they're. You should have, their you should have done the entire book in an ancient Norse language. I feel like I feel like that's what it would have had to have to, to have done to have been like you know properly you know uh, correct in this. It didn't work so, out for Mel yeah. Gibson. Right. <laughs> yeah, I should I should, should have actually. But okay, I could have gone back to school for at least four years. For, Learned ancient Norse. <laughs> yeah, and I could have like pitched my uh, book. Um, yeah, so obviously I was going to do it. I mean, I mean, no one is is ever going to convince me that Vikings didn't say the word fuck. Right. They they didn't curse, right? They didn't have some word for shit. Right. Of course, I mean, I'm sure when when he, human beings first be, began to speak, the word shit was like one of like the top ones on their list. One of the first words they learned, you know. <laughs> My, I, if I have a kid that's just learning to talk, and you think like poop what, what wasn't one of her first ten words. You know? <laughs> it's true. But it's such like a dominant part, a part of her, of anybody's life. You know? <laughs> so, uh, um, so, so of course they like use those those, those words, yeah. and it's like okay, what are what what are my options here? I could like have them speak like 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 the way I wrote it, have them talk like Thor, like have them sort of talk in like a very dignified. Um, Formal way, like with Lord of the Rings, yeah. you know that was, that was not an, an option. Or the other, the only other option I thought of was like those like Sword and the Fire books. I don't know what they're called. That George Martin. Book, oh yeah, yeah, those where ones, it's right. it's normal English, but every so often there there's a foreign word put right. in, put in. You know, yeah, um, inexplicably, you know. Um, <laughs> And I honestly, I did put thought into this, and I even wrote test scripts. I wrote test di- dialogue in a wow. couple of different ways, and it was, like, really bad. And I honestly, that's why I say I really don't feel like I had any choice um, yeah. to do it the way I did it. You know, and people are like, oh, I didn't like it when he, when he said, said the word girlfriend. And I'm like, well, I'm I don't know what to, what, to, what to say about that. You know? My my lady. <laughs> yeah, come on. You know, <laughs> like, think about who, who they uh, they were. I mean, come on. It's crazy. Um, I, I, I think I did make a couple of mis- mistakes where I use, I use terms like, you know, on, on my radar. And obviously that was that was a mistake. You know, I wish I could go go back and undo that phrase. Um, 
you know, and that's just like like an honest mistake that that slipped by me and my editors and everything because we're kind of used to seeing you know mm-hmm. phrase, phrases like that, and it just didn't 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 jump jump off the page at us. Right. Um, but for for the, for the most part, I tried to like avoid things like that. Um, I just used the word perp in a in a in a script, which I got some some heat for online. Yeah. But that was that was on that that was actually a deliberate move. Um, oh, okay. That's a, that's a that's an old enough word that I felt like I could like fudge it a bit and use it. I, I really wanted to 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 use it. Hey, and, it's uh, your your book. Use whatever words you like. That's yeah, that <laughs> that word actually goes goes all the way back to to the fourteen hundred. So oh, I figured okay. it was close yeah. close enough. Yeah. You know, I'll take it's, the it heat sounds like through <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sounds like you've armed yourself against these people before they have a chance to say. Uh, Here's know. my link to the etymology of the word. I know everybody's going to listen to this and be like, "Oh, look, look, look at Brian Wood over there bitching his 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 ass off." And I really don't don't mean to. I don't know. It's just those certain things that, uh, like when like I when you when you spend as much time as I did thinking about like the language in North in Northlanders and writing sample dialogue, you know, and thinking about it, and thinking about it, and work working on it. And then the book come, comes out, and everybody treats treat, treat it like it's a mistake. Right. You know, that's just kind of kind of like disheartening. Yeah. And so much of the stuff that you've done has been sort of centered in in our world, or or nearly to it, at least modern. So where did where did this come from? I mean, was this a story you wanted to tell, um, or was it just I wanted to test yourself? Well, my uh, editor, Will Dennis, uh, said, "Hey, you should do do an, another monthly book." But you have to to break outside of your your comfort zone. Um, so I'm like, all right, you know. And I was like, uh, I think I was like reading some. But I mean, I've always kind of liked Vikings in the way like kids like like things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I liked Vikings all the way back from 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 when I was a kid. It never occurred to me until that point uh, that I that I could write them. And uh, it just sort of like I mean. I got that email from my editor saying that, and I think I like swiveled in my chair around around my office, you know, and looking at my bookshelf, and I saw Viking books, <clears throat> and I saw uh, some Japanese gangster DVDs, like this, like the old ones from like you know the '60s right. that were like really really harsh. Um, so I'm like, huh? I said maybe I should like maybe I could write Vikings. I like Vikings. So maybe I can make it like really, really nasty and brutal, yeah. like like a gangster film. You know. Yeah. So my first my first pitch um, actually said some something along the, the the lines of this is a crime. This is a, ni- a ni- nihilistic crime story set in the Viking age. <clears throat> oh, interesting. And over the course of like re uh, re finding it, like it's. It's less of like an overt crime crime book, you know, um, but that's that's kind of where its where its roots were. Well, and and what and what is the approach to the book on an ongoing basis? Because I mean, because the first story a story arc um, uh, went it went actually longer than I expected. It was like it was it was how many issues was it? It was a good. It was almost like nine nine ten issues, right? Uh, eight. Eight issues, yeah. And so then then we start a new story arc where you where it seems as if it has no connection to the first story arc. Is it, it doesn't? It doesn't. Okay. Um, like you can go back to the yeah. It yeah. is. It is. Um, I wanted to do. Uh, <sighs> I wanted to. I mean, I've done a lot of reading of Vikings 
and there was a lot of stuff that I felt like I, I had a lot of material and I felt like if I tied, tied myself to like a couple of characters or like a specific place or a certain time that I wouldn't ever get to do everything I wanted to do, do. so part of it was like selfish on my part you know <laughs> like I wanted to be able to talk about like the the very very first Viking raid mm-hmm. you know which I which I did in issues nine 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 and ten, but but also be be able to talk about like the like the green Greenland colonies in the fourteen hundreds, you know. So that's like a seven hundred year span, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, like I, you know, I talk to people about it, like, well, you could just have it be like a like a generational thing, like a single family line. And I'm like, even that felt like I'd, I'd be like having to make concessions, you yeah. know. To like like stay stay within those like lines, <clears throat> so I so I think I I argued my point to Vertigo, and it wasn't. I mean, they they're always been been very very happy to, you know, to do what I uh, want. They, they basically, though, this one took 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 some some talking. Right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and I said, look, I said I've written books like uh, Demo and Local, where every month it's like a new story with like a new cast. That, that's all I'm gonna do do here. Except instead of a single issue, it's gonna it's gonna be arcs. You know, <clears throat> I figure if I can if I can have reader, readers, you know, still attach themselves to the book enough to come back every month when it starts new again every every month, I can do it with like a, like an eight issue arc. That, that, that's the plan anyway. We'll see if it actually like works <laughs> out that way. Um, <clears throat> And it's sort of like I just—I mean, the—it's—it's it's under an umbrella concept. I mean, it's called Nor- North Atlantis. You know, right. that's the all-encompassing thing. You know, um, that's the common common thread. And the actually the common thread is my writing style and and like the fact that it's about Vikings. Um, and uh, I, I, mean, I hope when 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 it's all done, I'll have like you know a whole bunch of like volumes that'll all sort of like. It almost will become like an alternate history of the Vikings. Cool. I mean, that's extremely arrogant and ambitious. <laughs> but it's like, I mean, it's like the, I mean, I read all the the, the real Viking sagas, you yeah. know, so this is just like another set. It's just like invented, you know. Cool. Now, I mean, I hope I can, I can, I can get, get there. So. That sounds, I mean, it's it sounds like a, a bigger challenge, really, because if you look at something like, you know, you set up DMZ, and because you've set it up, you know that you can keep thinking of things and you don't have to worry about setting up. But now you're saying that like every eight issues or so, you're almost starting from scratch. And, I am. You know, so like I said, I mean, I did it 12 times with the demo. It's not, it's yeah. not always easy. I mean, it is, it is like a, there's a psychic toll that it takes. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a, a, a challenge, you know. Um, <clears throat> it's also a lot of fun. I mean, you, there's zero risk of ever getting the board. You know, I have to admit, like there are, there are certain times when I get very, very bored, bored with DM, DMZ. I mean, it, it it always passes, you know. But there's some some days I I, I sit down and like I'm like it really hit, hits me. I've been doing this almost every day for three years, and I have three more to go. You know, like it's sort of like this weight on you, like oh my god, you know. Um, uh, I mean, like I said, it always passes, you know, and I'm sure everybody feel, feels that way. But at this, I mean, it's, I'm always like, I'm always having to think of what's next, like what's new, what like great, great artists can I can I get get on this, you know. Yeah. Um, so it definitely keeps me on my toes and you know 
that's a lot. It's of cool. Fun. It's 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 a different kind of series. It's almost more like like you know, like an older style of comic book, really. Yeah. It's kind of a Viking anthology, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. So, so you'd mentioned that that you know the the idea of you know creating new characters wasn't new to you because you you did demo with Becky Cloonan, um, yeah. which is a twelve issue miniseries, and they announced uh, f- a few months ago, or I forget which con it was announced, but you guys are gonna go back to that universe and write more demo stories. Can you tell us yeah. anything about that? Or yep, um, we're we're doing six more. Um, it's gonna be put out by Vertigo, who have uh, promised to. Um, Recreate the look of the original demo. Oh, really? It's going to be black and white. Uh, oh. going to, we're going to have all the extras in the in the back. Yeah. There's not going to be any, any ads in the book, or wow. if there are, if if there are ads, they're going to be all the way in the back, and they're only only going to be ads for our our other books. You cool. know, like the American Virgin. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean everything's gonna gonna be the same. I mean I think I mean the original dem- demo they they were twenty two page stories. They were they they were twenty four pages long. I think right. the actual story, and then I think just because of their of their structure, like like their payment st- structure, we have to do them in twenty two. Okay, but that's the only change. Wow, and like I, I have all six plotted out. Um, I have the first one written. Becky's almost done draw, drawing it, um, so I don't really know when it, when it's gonna actually be in be in stores. We have we have, we have to get a few few more done. Was it was it a t- was it a tough sell or because I mean because it was a fairly no I mean, it, it was a fantastically easy sell. <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. I'm sure it was like the easiest sell of my my career ever. <laughs> I, I'm sure that'll be it because I mean Becky and I both got got hired separately. Yeah. Um, Hired on Vertigo books off of demo, like right. it was on the strength of that book. You know, they they all liked it there. Yeah. Um, when when I knew I, we were getting the rights back to it, yeah. um, uh, like I think Vertigo had had even already preemptively said it uh-huh. that they wanted the book. Um, so, but when I actually knew when that was going to get again going to happen, right. they're they're like, yes, we want it done. You know, and. Uh, I, figured, I don't know if it was me or Becky or Will, our, our editor, said, you know, you should do do more. And I figured, well, if there, I never thought I would do more, you know. But if there was ever a time, you know, you know, it was like the perfect time. Becky was just ending on American Virgin, and I was like, this is great. I mean, if if we're if we're gonna gonna do if we're ever gonna do it, we're we're gonna do it do it now, you yeah. know. So um, and I actually found that I had I had a lot of ideas still. Um, yeah, I was going to be curious. That if was, was kind if, of it. Like, I never pitched it. It was just sort of like, more demo, sure, here's a contract. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, it was, <laughs> was it weird going back to that that kind of mindset or that world or that book? You know, go, I mean, it's kind of, you know, this, you know, Thomas Wolfe said you can never go home again. And so, like, kind of revisiting yeah. a past success, is it, you know? It was, it was, uh, it was, it was definitely strange. I mean, it was, it was good overall. I felt like, um, I felt like it was like using muscles I haven't used in a while. Yeah. Um, like you know, thinking of like you know, thinking along the lines of superpowers again. Right. Um, but but I was, I mean, honestly, it's gonna it's it's gonna be very very inter- interesting for me and for everybody else to kind of see what the years have have done done right. to demo. You know, um, I mean, Becky and I have both you know done hundreds and hundreds of pages of comics since. Right. Um, I mean, I've done like eight hundred and twenty pages on DM, DMZ alone. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, like all all these years of like of like 
doing monthly books. I want to see like I want to see how much better is the demo going to be. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be better. <laughs> um, so I wrote the first one, and I was actually like, I'm being very, very careful because I really want. I actually don't even want to do. I, I I'm going to try to tell to, to tell DC not to show any promo art wow. or anything from from this first. <laughs> this first story because I think it's just going to like shock everybody and I don't mean that in like a, a hyperbole kind of a way right. like it's, it's amazing you know it's such a different take on what demo is and it's it's a little bit of a brutal script and Becky said that you know like actually made her made her sick oh jeez um, um, hope, hopefully not because it was bad, you know, <laughs> oh, but because it was, uh, you know, just because of the actual content of the story. Yeah. Um, I actually got someone at Vertigo asking or wondering if it was maybe a bit too rough for wow. Vertigo, you know, who I think kind of prides itself <laughs> in a lot of uh, a lot of nasty stuff. Well, way so to go, way to go, man! Jeez, that's kind of all I'll say. Um, they're gonna they they relented. Obviously, it's gonna go. Um, wow. I think what everybody thinks demo number one is gonna be is it's not gonna, gonna be this. So. Wow, geez, this is the That's this is the imprint that put out Preacher, and they're worried that there might be too much. It's like <laughs> <laughs> they're like, I mean, there's been a lot of like nasty stuff and like hundred bullets. Yeah, yeah it's totally. I've opened some of those. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jeez. Well, good, well, good job. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's you you uh, out preachered preacher. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I am. Those words will never pass my. No, okay. he did. He he did not say that. I did. That's that's a death knell. <laughs> well, that's, um, that's cool. Yeah. It's it's just gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Um, awesome. And so, uh, yeah, we don't so know when we're doing we're doing six. Um, Becky kind of wanted to to do another twelve. I only felt like I could commit to a six, yeah. although although the the door is w- still open for for another six. And we'll yeah. just see how how it goes. So yeah, awesome. and like I said, I don't know when when it'll it'll be. I think we have to have I think we have to have three fully in the can b- b- before they'll put us on the schedule. Yeah. Cool. So hopefully hopefully as soon as we can. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I was psyched for that announcement because I love demo, and I and I thought it was great because it's like when I when I try to when we talk about your work on on the podcast or to other you know to to folks at cons or stuff like that, I was kind of say that that I feel like there are two Brian Wood writers. There's like the um, you know there's the DMZ and the Northlanders, the the kind of heavy you know like yeah. you know kind of heavy thinking or violence or you know this sort of thing. But then there's also a, an immensely personal writing style that you have, and I thought you know demo was great because it, they were you know they were stories about people with powers but they were very touching and personal um that's the uh that right there is the writer that that larry young called called a fag oh geez <laughs> um i think it was when demo 12 12 came out and yeah. the cover was a pink i think that's when i earned that tag oh man well but I, yes i know what you're saying and it yeah. definitely keeps me from from uh from um getting aboard my, myself, like right. I said before. Well, I, but, but really, it's just like, um, I don't, I don't pre, prefer one, one way over the other. Right. I mean, I feel, feel like I might even have, to, to some, some degree, like, you know, different audiences. Yeah. Um, 
well, well, I mean, it's 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 a slot. I mean, I per, I I personally love. I mean, that's that's you know. I, I mean, I, of course, I like all your work, but I, I really like demo and I really love local. Um, and local, which was probably the, you know, like in this day, you know, like there were delays and it took you know, feels like it took years for the whole volume to come out. But it did, it, it did, yeah. <laughs> but it, it literally took years. But, yeah, it did. But um, but when you know, like just a couple of months ago, I was at Connor for my fanboy's apartment, and he he has the hardcover, and it was just holding it in the hand and flipping through it. It was just like it it was one of it was one of the few um, books that were delayed that took forever to come out but was so immensely satisfying once it was all done as a reader for me at least um, and well, that's, that's nice to hear yeah. um, I mean it's it's my favorite book out of everything I think I've done um, I, I don't know if the the delays like uh, heightened it right. well actually the delays made it made it a better a better book oh uh, yeah I'm you can see but at the first issue to the 12th issue how right. Ryan evolved yeah Right, and, and and I'm not saying that as an excuse for it being being late, because obviously there there isn't one, and uh, it's bad. Um, actually, it's funny because uh, local number one came out just to il- just to illustrate to you how how late this this book was. <laughs> local one came came out in the same month as D and Z one. Oh wow! And when local <laughs> twelve came came out, I think we were up to like D and Z. 29 or Jeez. something like that so it was pretty late yeah. um you know ryan and i both had kids during that time yeah. i got married he uh like lucifer and ended which like there was like a lot of schedule stuff that like threw him off his game and there's just like all these like like what should just just be very minor things right. but like they all happened you know yeah um and, and, then, and then at some some point i think around issue nine I just like told Ryan and Oni Press, let's just like stop putting the books out, you know, mm. get them all done, and then like you know the last three or four or whatever can just come out, you know, like quickly, you know, right. and like some some semblance of a normal schedule, um, which is what we ended up doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't like the uh, the ending of that book wasn't the ending I had in mind originally. You know, like I said, like that extra time sort of like gave me a lot more time to think about it. Yeah. Well, what, what, I, mean, what, what I had no the... idea if the book how how the book would have would, would have been if we cranked it out in a, in, a, in a year or not. Right. Well, know? for for those who might not have read it, I mean, what was the original conceit of the book, and then what did it end up becoming? Well, the original it was meant to be really it was meant to be demo basically in terms of like that pure like single issue like thing right. um my one change was that megan was going to be sort of, sort of floating by in the background like she was going to going to be a recurring character character in one form or, or another whether she was like the outright like star like in local one right. or she was just going to like literally walk walk by on a, on a page like a local <laughs> three when she got a record signed you know? right. Um, she was never meant to be anything more than that. It wasn't a, meant, meant to be a book about about her. Right. So so much as it is a book about all these places, places and the stories. You know? Yeah. Um, and I I don't really know when when the change have happened or actually like what my thinking was about about it since since it was like eons ago, of course. Um, but at some point I was like, you know what? Like you know, I kind of like Megan. I think you know I've, I've got a lot of mail like i mean i put a a p.o p.o box in the back of the book and i didn't think any anybody actually sent physical mail anymore right. <laughs> i got a lot of mail i got like like more than than any other book ever um wow 
a lot of mail from from young women who i mean i it's, it's it, it sounds bad because I call them megans you know? <laughs> like i don't mean that and i don't mean that like a negative way or right. they're not like unique people or you know obviously they they are, but there's this overwhelming like this thing where where these young women see themselves in megan like friends of mine strange strange strangers they meet at, at cons yeah. um they'll do and i'm like well there's something there you know there's definitely something there that whether i'm doing it consciously or what you know it's there so uh you know maybe i need to like you know have for be more of like a star a star player and then it gradually just turned turn, turn into Megan's life, a life story, story obviously, um, which, which I'm thrilled, thrilled about. I mean, I mean, it would have been in, interesting to see what the back half of the book would have, would have been if I didn't do that. But, but, but I'm glad I didn't, you know? Yeah. I mean, because the, the geography aspect, like when I heard about the book, I mean, my understanding of the book was is one and done issues that would take place in different cities around the country. And, and, yep. and, that, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. Cool. And then the story developed. And actually, you know, uh, Connor yeah. uh, from My Fanboys has summed it up pretty well where, you know, local, the 12 issues of local have kind of become almost like a representation of 20 somethings in the past, you know, 10 to 15 years. Like mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of people we've spoke to have connected with the fact that you're kind of floating through life and, and trying to become an adult and that kind of that journey um, and you know and local like we, you know we feel as if I could hand local to any of my friends that I went to high school with and they would completely connect with it in some way right so yeah yeah, so yeah good, it was definitely um, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm really really pr- proud of it I don't actually come out very often and blatantly hype my own books you know like say this is great like yeah. it's very rare you know <laughs> ever see me actually saying those those words um but I, but I always do because I'm like you know like unabashedly love it and will scream it from the roof, rooftops, even on a DC Comics panel at a con- convention. <laughs> nice. I will I will say Loco is my favorite book, and there'll there'll be some somebody from DC in the audience scowling up up at me. Yeah, whatever. Um, but I do it anyway. Hand them, hand them that hardcover <laughs> and see if they change their mind. When you got that hardcover, were you just like, I mean, it's a beautiful tome. I mean, like it's, it is, yeah. and I have to say, it, it was all all Oni's idea. Yeah. Um, I was so em, em, embarrassed at how how late the book had been. Yeah. You know? And I was like constantly apo- apologizing to Oni Oni Press about it. They're like, dude, it's it's fine. You know, I mean, obviously it's not ideal, but it's cool. You know, you're, the book's great. You know, and I was like, oh my god, I feel like shit. You know, like <laughs> I've never been uh, late on uh, on anything more than like a, a week or two. You know, um, <clears throat> and uh, and then like you know, we kind of thought we would do a some some kind of a a hardcover, which is what the plan was for for demo as well, and it never happened. Um, but then they're like, "What if we make it like oversized? And what if we like, you know, you know, print like a fifth color on the co- cover in ink? And what if we run the covers in back in in color? You know, even though it's a black and white book, and like all this stuff that was just like, yeah. you know, heaping piles of money onto piles of money. And I'm like, well, okay, you know, <laughs> that'd be great. You know, sure. You're not going to get any arguments out of me. Yeah. So it was all of them. Um, so yeah, it's great. I I. I'd be so surprised. I think barring some kind of like absolute DMZ, which I highly doubt will ever happen. I think that's <laughs> like probably the nicest my uh, my work is ever going to be printed. Cool. 
So, so with the with the with the geography aspect of it, how much? Um, I mean, I'm sure a lot of research. And I remember you you like put a call out to people for the people to send their stories or pictures of the places they live and things like that. Yeah, I, um, I did a couple things. Yeah. Um, that was most. Yeah, I think I did that to um, you know for like the back back matter of the book. Yeah, yeah. But I also put out a call earlier yeah. where I was like, you know, any, anybody that that doesn't live in like a major city like New York or, or LA or something, yeah. you know, just like tell tell me where you live. And yeah. uh, like, if you'd be amenable to like taking photos for me, like I was like really weirdly vague and I'm sure I sounded, I sounded very, very creepy, you know, um, like <laughs> me your house. Send me pictures of where, where you live. You know? um, and it was, you know, I got a bunch of re- responses back, <clears throat> which kind of helped, you know, and then I asked them questions because really the main like what what I wanted out of the lo- location for local was that there was someone there who would be willing to help with reference. Right. There was some place that that seemed interesting to me. If like if I haven't been there already, you know, and also some place that had a really good comic store that would actually carry local. Oh, cool! You know? Yeah, because um, I, I didn't see any point in setting it in a place where the people living there couldn't buy it. You yeah. know. Or the comic stores there couldn't make it make a big deal out of it. Um, so that was like a that was a crucial thing. Um, and really, I mean, I had a whole bunch of names. I picked picked twelve. I made a last minute switch. Uh, and the what what uh, what was the the Toronto the Toronto issue was, mm-hmm. was supposed to be Ann Arbor, Michigan. Oh, interesting. So Ann, Ann Arbor got the got the shaft on that. Oh. I felt really really bad because I think I. would like there are people there, like you know, ready, ready, ready for it. So, <laughs> um, were there were there any particular cities that were more challenging than others, or? Oh well, the, well, the easy ones were like the ones I've, I've, yeah, you know, like the Brooklyn one or the Minneapolis one for uh, Ryan. Yeah. Um, there was a uh, well, that one that was in Hal- in Halifax. Yeah. Um, like my uh, my wife had had. Been, been been there before, yeah. and Brian Brian O'Malley and Hope Larson, who at the time were were leathering the book, yeah. lived there. So I was like, well, that's cool, and, and and I knew there was a great shop there called Strange Strange, Strange Adventures. Um, so I was like, well, that well, that's a no brainer. You know, now I got to figure out what to do there, like what what story to put there. And I had this idea of a story that was set in the movie theater, and like thus began like 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 so many hours of research. You know? <laughs> so I'm like, well, okay, there's obviously theaters, you know, there, but I want one that's old. That's not like a multiplex in a in a in a mall. Like I want it to be like an old building. You know? yeah. um, and I found one, and I'm like, well, okay, well, it's, well, the story supposedly. I mean, this, this isn't obvious in the book, but the story takes takes place. In the in the past, you know, like right. like issue twelve is the present day, right? So issue one is like twelve years earlier than that. So it's like the mid nineties. So I'm like, okay, well, this movie theater has to have to have existed back then. What was it called back then? I was like really careful about details, you know. Yeah. Um, so I found one, but then I couldn't find any pictures for it on online in like like the the inside of it, you know. Yeah. I actually had Brian O'Malley volunteer to go there and sketch it. Oh, wow. So I have all these Brian O'Malley drawings of the inside of the theater, cool. which we had to give to uh, Ryan so he could draw. And of course, like both of them did like a great, great job. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I wish I could have put all those PAP book names on the cover. Yeah, well, that's really like cool. That Batman book. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it seems like it's a, it was a re, it was just a generally special project that you know kind of. You know, yeah, it's yeah. not one that I think I'll I'll do do again. Unlike yeah. demo, um, it was it was. First of all, I'm like afraid to mess mess with 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 it. Like yeah. I don't want to like like you know do anything that's gonna like lessen the impact <laughs> of that that book by like doing more, even if it's not about Megan, you know. Yeah. And also, it's just like a, just a phenomenal amount of work, you yeah. know. And I feel like the light, the light thing can't really strike strike twice. Right. Well, but in, but in terms of striking twice, I mean, you worked with Ryan on the New York Four book for the Mix yeah. line. Um, yeah. um, the 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 late great minx line, I guess. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if it was great, yeah. but late. What, um, what was that? What was that experience of that kind of that imprint been like? I mean, because that was, I mean, I, that was like again, people kind of scratching their heads, going, "Brian Woods writing a YA book, really?" <laughs> Honestly, I thought that was like a no brainer. Yeah. I mean, I really feel like, I mean, even though I didn't set out to write a YA book with demo or local, yeah. I mean, it, it like won all these like young young adult awards, like without like this this despite all the language and everything, I'm a little shocked, <laughs> shocked, shocked by it. And, it. and it kind of is, you know, like it honestly like has, that's its like second life, you know, um, it's a big library hit and everything. And so I was like, you know, and so uh, Shelly Bond at, at DC called me up and I, I already knew, knew about, about Minx. And she's like, you know, I want to do a New, a New York book. You know, I, have, I have an LA book, you know, I'm doing, I want to do a New York book. Yeah. You know, obviously, like I, I like demo a lot. I like local. You know, and you're obviously a New, a New Yorker. So I'm like, okay. I mean, it seemed like like the obvious thing. Right. Um, and uh, you know, Ryan had had kind of just ended a Lucifer there, so this is going to like fill fill the Lucifer hole. You know, yeah. in his schedule. Um, yeah, and it was just kind of like it was like it was another one that one of those projects that was like really really easy. Yeah. Um, like I just kind of pitched it, they like went went with it. Um, and overall, it was really good. We uh, it was written in such it was like it was like a textbook case of how you don't write write a graphic novel because um, I was obviously very very busy and Ryan was was too. Um, so we sort of um, I wrote it in tiny tiny pieces, and Ryan would. Ryan was never, never more than a couple of pages behind my uh, writing oh, wow. Interesting. You know, for the entire 144 pages of that book, which is really bad because you kind of can't like, like there's not a lot of time to like write a script and think think about it. Yeah. You know, um, obviously once he draws it, like if if I'm if I'm gonna make him go back and like change anything, it has to be for like a really good good reason. You know, right. like I can't mm-hmm. just do it because may, maybe I had a better idea for for that that scene. You know. Right. Um, so it was kind of like white knuckle, like by the seat of our pants for the entire thing, and neither of us really had any idea if it was gonna gonna be a colossal piece of shit, yeah. or if it was even gonna make any any sense, you know? Because yeah. we're our our scope of it was in tiny like twelve page chunks, you know. So then we finally got the um, le- the lettered PDF, and we're like, this actually like no, it flows well, you yeah. know. They talk talk about lightning striking twice, like I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure, like you know, it's it's a it's the exception to write a book that way. You know, make make a book that way and have it flow as as, as if you didn't. You know, right. so um yeah, so I mean, it came out good, and we're I'm actually writing the um the second book. So there will be a second book. Yes. So despite yeah. Manx not being around anymore. Yeah. yeah, I don't really know if it's going to have 
like just a DC bullet on yeah. on, on it. I'm sure it won't have 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 a Minx logo. Right. Because um, because that was the thing. I mean, like, because I mean, I, I mean, we joke about it because I, you know, we know that the the target audience for Minx was and what everything was, but like, we love the books. I mean, like, and it was um, New York Four and also um, the Jane's books from Cecil Castellucci and Jim Rugg were like to me yeah. were the two books that that I was I was was excited to see them as ongoings and I was excited to get a second Jane's book except that the you know the spines didn't indicate that it was a volume two or anything like that but whatever you know um, yeah, and, and yeah. when New York 4 came out I was like oh I hope this is an ongoing and we get more of it so I'm glad to hear that there's going to be a second one so well the original plan was um, to do four like one one star, starring each of the each of the girls oh cool um, yeah, they were definitely, I mean, they're being, being careful with the minx, which is why there are no spine numbers on the book. Right. Um, cause they're like, they were only approving one as, as they went, you know? Right, one at a time, yeah. Yeah, so I sort of got, so they approved the second one, like, a day be- before the minx blindfold defaulted. Oh, really? Like, you know, yeah, they're like, yeah, but, you know, sale, sale, sales on your first volume were good, so, yeah. you know. You're clear to do book book two, and I and I don't say I wanted to, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine so what that we'll conversation see. is. <laughs> like it's like, okay, you're going to do another volume, and then the next day, yeah, we're canceling the line. It's yeah, like, you got to call and make that awkward. Um, and I felt really, really bad. It was like, I mean, like the Minx line, you know, Shelley's a like young young adult line has been like like it's almost like mythology in comics. Yeah, like it's been, I've I've heard about it for easily like seven years. Yeah. You know, and it's always been like you know this thing that that's gonna gonna happen, but oh, it gets delayed. Like it's you know, and so I'm sure she was just like you know beyond yeah. crushed. I felt really really bad. It was on her birthday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. that sucks. I mean, I think she she got the news like yeah. you know earlier, but yeah. it was it, it was announced online on her birthday. Yeah, jeez. Um. Yeah. So uh, it was a good. Uh, I mean, I'm definitely glad they tried. You know. Yeah. Well, and, and well, if we get a second anything, second volume yeah. of, the, of your book, and then hopefully we get all four, that'll be you know. I don't yeah, care. hopefully yeah. we get all four. And there's like, I mean, there's there's always, I mean, everybody says says things like this, but there's actually a legitimate TV show interest in it. Oh, cool! Really? They, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously you take 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 that with a grain of grain of yeah. salt. Yeah. Um, but that's the that's the plan. Well, that's great. So we'll see. Wow, I didn't even I didn't even I didn't heard, heard that or think of that. That's yeah, like, I mean no one. Would. I mean I, I I mean I shouldn't yeah. even really say that it's anything <laughs> def, definite because it's not. Yeah. It's yeah. like but I mean interest. someone's someone's someone who is a is a name is yeah. very very into it and very interested. Cool. And uh, we're taking it from there. There's a lot of hoops that have have to be jumped jumped through, obviously. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So we'll see. Oh, cool. Well, I'm sure that's that's the obvious way you'll you'll see all four four of us. Yeah, I mean the tie-in uh, opportunity <laughs> there is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, awesome. Well, you know, you, it's it's I, I I mean I'm continually amazed at how the 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 variety of your work and you know kind of from politics to Vikings to personal you know personal kind of girl stories and stuff like that. It's it's really you know like what you do, Brian. So definitely keep Thank it you. up. So, um, so is there? Uh, you got anything else going on cooking or anything? Oh, uh, what I have going on? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, t- two month monthly books. That's yeah. that's. Uh, is that is and is that's eighty percent of my time right there? Yeah, and, and and your books are on time. That's the one thing I want. Well, I yeah. DMZ I mean, we, DMZ's we been really took, good. We honestly just took our first skip, skip month in DMZ, which mm-hmm. which broke broke my heart because uh, yeah. we had gone thirty four four issues without having to do that. I mean, it was like a planned skip, so it's yeah. not like the worst thing in the world. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, I mean, they're they're on time. I mean, I'll take I'll take a small part of the credit for that. Right. And um, <laughs> obviously, everybody works and works hard at that. <laughs> well, yeah, and in this day and age, I mean, a 30, 34 issue run is that, that with no no missed months. That's that's great. So. Yeah, it's a, it's when you're on time, that's exceptional. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's the state of this industry, right? <laughs> yeah. no. So what oh, I'm God. what I'm what I'm doing more of these days, sort of like. Uh, like video game game work. Oh, really? Um, I mean, nothing that obviously I can talk about, but right. hopefully that'll be. Um, Are they related to your properties, or just work on other video games? Yes and no. Oh, yes cool. and no. I mean, I have sort of like. Uh, I mean, I used to work with some some people know about this. I used to work at Rockstar Games, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, in like a staff position, um, and uh, you know, at this last com- Comic Con or the or the one bef- before it even. Like ex ex fellow employees yeah. were were there, and they're all working for like other companies now, you know. Yeah. And they know know about my work. I mean, I don't think Rockstar will will uh, will ever like make make one of my games. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, like just because I think they they see see me as like that that staff guy. You right. Know? Right. Yeah. But all these other people, are like, oh, he like writes comics and stuff like that. They're really cool. So I sort of have some some interest from from all quarters. Cool. Um, Christian Donaldson and I uh, have a have an original game IP that we're shopping around. Oh, cool! Sort of like a spiritual follow up to Supermarket. Um, wow! I mean, not 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 a a, a obvious one. I mean, obviously right. it's not Supermarket too, but it's like that same kind of kind of vibe, and obviously yeah. his 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 art too. You know, it's like a it's so distinctive. Yeah, it really is. I love so it. We're like yeah. we're. We have some some in, in, interest in that. Cool. So, wow. I'm dipping my toe into those those waters. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Well, well, as it as the stuff gets closer, if anything gets solidified, make sure you let us know. Because yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the the downside about games is that they take so so long to make. So, yeah. I mean, I could say we have, we have, we have a game right right now, and hey, yeah. you can buy it in three three years. Right. Know? Yeah. The development um, time is crazy. So, yeah. Cool. But uh, yeah, and there should be. I'm gonna uh, assume that if not at the New York Comic Con, then at the summer con- 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 conventions, I will have a superhero announcement. Ooh, wow! So not a Vertigo, uh, not a Vertigo. No. Book. Oh wow, no. cool. They uh, um, they finally broke broke me. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, like, no, I just, I, I mean, obviously, I, I don't do a lot of company-owned own books, right. like as a as a deliberate choice. Right. Um, but this one was was one. I think I feel like I've been chasing since since the first days of my my uh, career. Cool. Well, that's that. uh, they finally. I mean, I've I've pitched it. I pitched it eight times over the decade. Oh my god! Um, really? That's persistence. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> and they well, not not in like a you know I don't know not like a sing, single-minded obsessive way. <laughs> right. But every every time this particular editor or group of editors says, "Hey, you should do a do a book for us," I'm like, "Here you go. <laughs> this is what what I want to do." And they're like, "No." Brian Woods uh, but they finally the said, said yes. So, <laughs> wow, that's great. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Cool. So I, I wrote the first one already. So. Very cool. And they paid to, paid me for it, so I, I I take that to mean it's gonna it's gonna happen. Even so. better, man, if you get some yeah. money for it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's just like I mean, obviously, like this is what what I write. 
like last, you know. Right. Like when I when 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 I'm up to date on on everything else, then I spend spend time on this. So it's it's going it's going slow. But I like I said, I hope it'll it'll be be announced next year. Cool. Awesome. Well, we'll be on the lookout for that. So, um, so yeah. So in the meantime, everybody should go check out uh, DMZ and Northlanders and the demo collection and the local collection and New York Four and you know yeah. enjoy enjoy the work of Brian Wood. So, All right, so thank you, Brian. Thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for calling. So it was great talking to Brian, a really interesting conversation. Uh, if you haven't checked out DMZ or Northlanders, you want to check those out uh, from Vertigo Comics. The DMZ's got about four or five trades out. Northlanders had a most recent trade come out, um, as well as their ongoing monthly books. You definitely want to look for the local uh, collection from Oni Press. It's a beautiful hardcover, oversized. It's amazing. Uh, and just check out all of his work. He's a really, really interesting writer and one of the up-and-comers in the industry um, who's, who actually has established himself pretty nicely so far. Uh, so that's it for this week's Talksplode. If you head over to ifanboy.com, you can check out all of our other podcasts, video podcasts, posts, uh, articles, reviews, things like that. If you have any questions or if you want to suggest a, a creator that we should talk to, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com.